Hey everybody, my name is Jesse Collings, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Here we go! Listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 51 of the Emerald Flow Show. We're a podcast on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can follow us on X at Emerald Flow Show. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star review and you can find us on all major podcast apps. Uh, I'm Gerard here with Paul. Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Gerard. Uh, also, happy to have you back as well. And I just would like to thank uh, Jeff again to jumping on uh, last time and uh, going on a bunch of tangents with me as well, which I think we derailed that one a bit too much into New Japan a couple of times. <laughs> I love tangents, so that's great. And yes, thank you very much, Jeff. Paul, is um, the uh, reality of your Japan trip dawning on you as more and more things are coming together? It is, it is actually. I've got a bunch of, I think really like the most important tickets are actually kind of um, 
bought already or secured already. Like I've already have tickets for, I have four pro tickets for the Yoyogi show from all Japan. I have uh, tickets for the one to Ariaki show in uh, for Noah. Uh, uh, what kind yeah. of tickets did you buy? Uh, I did. I, I did Dollar? go for I did go for a re, uh, like bottom arena B was it arena B or arena A I don't remember. I think arena A is what they call it but it's on the floor in Ariaki oh, after okay. Kenna one after Kenna yeah. one I bought those because otherwise I would have been fine with like being in the upper floor as well <laughs> I have my Wrestle Kingdom tickets and uh, I have a confirmation uh, because I'm buying them together with or uh, I'm going together with John Carroll. Uh, and so they had the like fan club application. So oh, yes, I'm confirmed for royal seats for New Year's Dash. So, wow. yeah, <laughs> I really look, I'm, I'm curious, like how far up front that actually is going to be. So, yeah, no, uh, definitely excited for all of that. And then obviously there's still like a bunch of minor shows as well. Well, and actually, literally, just before I joined this call, I was like, okay, I actually need to like start buying like the Shinkansen tickets now as well. <laughs> right. Uh, what about All Japan on the 2nd and 3rd? Uh, I am going to go to those as well, but I'm just going to risk that they're not going to sell out, which mm. we'll, we'll see. I, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to have to measure. I probably have to keep an eye on kind of how tickets are selling. Like that's one of like, for example, for Yogi, I actually kind of was thinking of just kind of risking it as well to not buy in advance and just buy a day off or when I'm in Japan. Uh, but I was just looking at how quickly tickets are flying off the shelf for that. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to risk missing that one. Um, yeah. And I probably have to do the same for the Corican shows. Uh, I might have to like buy those in advance as well if tickets sell fast for those. But even, okay, it, it'll be really sad if I miss those. But I will definitely get a All Japan Korokan on this trip because I'm not leaving until the fifteenth. Uh, oh wow! And there is there's one on the fourteenth as well. Right. So I'm going to that one, and there's a Noah Korokan the day before that. So it's gonna basically gonna spend a lot of time in Korokan. <laughs> mm, that's exciting. Um, so we have a lot to talk about. Um, a lot of things have been happening. Uh. Mm-hmm in japan but we'll start off with uh noah and their monday magic episode three on november 13th from shinjuku face as usual i have to say i'm really enjoying these shows and they're the best part of noah right now yeah no i fully agree like you're not gonna get any like match of the year contender but all of these are like just really like fun and like like it's just like a really nice breezy time right you just kind of sit down and they're like two, two and a half hours, I think. I don't remember yeah. off the top of my head. It's like yeah, two hours. Yeah. So you just watch them and they're like, the crowd is really, I think it really helps us. The crowd is really hot. And everyone also seems kind of like relaxed in a way, right? Like everyone is kind of fine with just kind of not taking time off, but like everyone just seems a bit more at ease. I think it's a better way of describing it. Yeah, definitely. And to open the show, there was an exhibition match with uh, Manabu. Uh, Soya and Daisuke Nakamura uh, went to a draw with Keno and Alka Sasaki, who is an MMA fighter, in 10 minutes. I mean, this was fine, I think. But I will say, I think Sasaki showed some potential. And at this point, I think mm-hmm. Noah should just try to use him. I mean, yeah. Uh, how old is he? He didn't look like a spring chicken. He's like 30. Or I mean, he could be older. Um, 
I mean, uh, MMA also had the tendency to kind of age you prematurely as well. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely on that. But I mean, he likes pro wrestling. They need the attention. Oh, he's 34. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, that's right around the time when like the Saito started or like the bodyguard. So, I mean, it's... No, wait, actually, no. When did... Uh... Uh, when did... Um... Uh, when it uh, what's his face? Oh God, why why am I blanking on his name right now? Uh, when did Segura start? He was thirty. Okay, so he was thirty. I mean, you know, like thirty-four. Like it's, I think it's right around the time where, like, if you want to do it, now is the time. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I know, I mean, no one needs something. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean it's actually it's actually it's something that I kind of debated with Jeff as well. Is like it is curious that they're like not gonna do a like title defense for two months, basically until one uh, until like the second uh, of January show. Yeah, like so much so they're actually gonna announce the card tomorrow for that. Oh, are they? you've seen that? Yeah, no, they're gonna. Yeah, 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 no, because we've all we already have like the main event, right? And we already have the junior tag title match. Um right. So like the the freeway there. And then apparently they're gonna announce the rest of the card. Or I don't know if it's the entire card, but they're definitely gonna announce more stuff for it tomorrow. Interesting. So it's just really interesting when I like like I was wondering that as well. Like they still have like the Yokohama budokan show coming up and like i mean okay they have like the like old trainers match on there but then otherwise i'm like what is actually is actually expected to draw on that because all of their titles are on like younger foreigners that aren't really super established as well right like keno is the only japanese champion they have now yeah so i'm it, it is a very cure like obviously it's kind of a calm period anyway but still it, it is a very interesting decision that they've made here basically like punting on the entire rest of the year and then resetting on on like the 2nd of january i guess is their plan yeah uh that's probably not the worst idea at this point yeah which yeah. to be fair just kind of adds more fuel to my conspiracy theory that that jake was like brought in as like a patsy because <laughs> they knew business was going to go down after Muta leaves anyway, right? So you might as well just put it on Jake, who you already kind of know is a failure, is a draw, and then you can just blame him for all your woes and then hope that works and that people come back when you reset. I don't know. It It's a weird strategy, but let's see if it works for them. <laughs> and then next up was the GAC National Title Number 1 Contendership Rumble. Hajime O'Hara uh, won in 1755 when he eliminated Saxon Huxley, and they did the thing where Huxley and Tana, Shui Taniguchi were like on the uh, ring apron fighting, and he sort of snuck up and won. And also in the match were uh, uh, Kai Fujimura, Alhio de Dr. Wario Jr., Takashi Sugera, uh, Great Mummy, Misaki Mochizuki. Well, two uh, great mummies, actually. Oh, yeah, two great mummies, sorry, yeah. Um, so that gimmick is a Monday Magic thing now. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a perfectly fine little rumble. Uh, O'Hara is a really baffling choice. Yeah. <laughs> As, like, first challenger. I mean, I guess it tells you at least that they're not gonna, like, at least that, uh, that he's gonna get a defense, right? Yeah. Like, they're not gonna take it off of him immediately, but it's still, like, all right. 
I mean, I, I guess that means it's open weight. Was it always open weight? Well, there's been juniors that have challenged before. Oh, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, that's true, actually. It's not the first, but yeah, very weird decision to give it to Hajime O'Hara. Like, again, more fuel to the fire of, like, the punting on the rest of the year. This is what they're putting up as, like, the national title. Yeah. And then... Uh, but, I mean, I mean, to be fair, but, like, what, do you th- what did you think about the two very different great mummies? I don't know. I mean, it's just a running gag. I don't have any strong thoughts on it. Okay, fair enough. No, but I, I just thought it was, like, very ob- like it was kind of obvious when it was Kojima, but with these two, it was even more obvious who it was because they picked two people that have very distinctive ways of moving as well. Why don't you be some shoot trash right now? Then <laughs> I didn't. I thought I'm pretty sure they said that. Like I'm very wait. Did they not say it? Did they not say that one of them was Murafuji? Like I'm pretty sure. Like the commentators were like, "Oh, that's Murafuji." Oh, maybe they did. <laughs> And uh, the other one was uh, Murakami. Well, yeah, Murakami obviously moves. Yeah, very <laughs> distinctly. <laughs> I think it was obvious when he just walked out towards the ring. Everyone was like, oh, that's Murakami. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whereas, at least with Murafuji, it didn't become obvious until he like started like, you know, doing, the Mur- doing all of Murafuji's moves. <laughs> and next up was uh, Hayata and the debuting Titus Alexander, who's on an excursion in Marvelous, and they defeated Atsushi Katoge and Teriyaki in seven minutes and 18 seconds when uh, Alexander pinned Katoge with the big ugly. Katoge is just a jobber now. Yeah, uh, apparently. I mean, just loses Harada, and then he's just like, he hasn't done anything, right, since Harada no. retired? Like, well, he challenged yeah. with Hiroki for the. Oh, yeah. Tag titles. Well, yeah, which but, I also still think that might have been because... Who was it that got injured again there? I can't even remember. There's a lot of injuries. Uh, yeah. Uh, but what I am happy to see is Titus Alexander. Oh, he looked great. Yeah. No, I mean, he. I, it's not that I have seen a lot of him, but he's someone that has, like, a lot of people that are really into, like, American Indies are, like, really, really high on him. Yes. So just a perfect guy, I think, to like add as well to like, if you want to bring in random foreigners, I think this is the kind of random foreigner you should oh, bring Oh, for in. sure. And I thought this was a really good match. Hayata didn't do anything. And Teriyaki's really, <laughs> um, I think Teriyaki's good too. I think Teriyaki's someone mm-hmm. that's hanging around longer than Titus Alexander. Um, yeah. And he is continuing to improve every time I see him. Yes. No, for sure. I think he's definitely, he needs a lot more seasoning, whereas Titus Alexander is probably like he still needs a bit of work as well, but I don't think like from what I've seen here as well, he doesn't seem like someone that is that far away from getting uh, signed by like I mean, a bigger American. I promotion. would assume that AEW is going to swoop him up in like a year at least, but in within a year. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Teriyaki, I think, can like stick around for a couple of years. Yeah, because he also needs to bulk up as well. Like he has a good frame, but he still like you know still has that like thin rail frame so i think like staying in japan and eating a bunch of chunko is gonna do him really good yeah definitely so um two more good foreigners from noah <laughs> i would say though yeah. um and then we had uh, chihiro hashimoto and miyuki takase defeating you and hibiscus me in 707 with a diving guillotine drop from takase on uh me uh, another solid joshi match just wasn't as good as that other one on like the first show but it was Definitely one of the best matches on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like this one as well. Like I said, you're never going to get like a 
match of the year contender on these, but yeah, I agree that this was like the best match. Uh, I actually kind of really like the main event as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. was still really good. Yeah. Um, next up, Alpha Wolf versus Dragon Bane went to a double pinfall in 847. I mean, you've seen this before, and I don't even think this was their best example of them doing their thing. No. Just because they usually get more time. Yep. Uh, and still continues my continuous complaint with these two, which is, uh, can we just please get a match involving either of these guys that doesn't involve the other guy? Just, like, once. Yeah, that's not happening. Uh, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I really enjoy them. I really enjoy them as a team. So I'm perfectly happy with keeping them together as a team. But like, when they get a singles match. They can also get singles matches with like other people, unless it's like them not wanting to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I have a feeling it might even be them not wanting to do that. Yeah, I that probably is what it is but then if i'm no i'm like no you're facing like like you were setting up a title match here you're facing alejandro yeah for sure but yeah otherwise i put it still like i mean look these two have a really good formula so it was still fun it's just a thing that annoys me that it's like whenever they get a singles match it's only against each other <laughs> And then next up in the main event, we had Kaito Kiyomiya, Ryohei Iwa, and the mystery partner who was Yuma Anzai, mm-hmm. Jake Lee, Anthony Green, and LJ Cleary in 1734 with a modified Tiger Driver from Kiyomiya on Cleary. Honestly, I was somewhat surprised that this was Anzai because there was so much radio silence on the Noah All Japan relationship. But he came out, he got a huge pop. Mm hmm. And uh, this is a really good match. Yeah, and I believe they have actually been given a name as well. I don't remember what it is, actually. Uh, actually, hold on. I have it here. Uh, yeah, but I'll get to the what's... Yeah, mm-hmm. Mag... Or, no, wait. I just see a thing that they put out called Magic Together. But what... Did they say <laughs> I, I think there, there was, like... I mean, maybe that's what it translates to. I did see, like, a... Like I only saw the Japanese name, so I don't know yeah. what it actually translates to. But I mean, hey, okay. I mean, there's two things I think about putting these three together as a team, right? Or like have like an informal thing for them at least. Like, I think that's really cool for Eva because that obviously shows that like, if New Japan obviously okay that, then they're like, okay, yeah, sure. Like, I think that shows that if they want to align with like the guy that is clearly going to be like the ace of all Japan in the future yeah. and the guy that is technically, I guess, supposed to be the ace of Noah. I think that's a good sign for Eva. It's a good sign for Anzai. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Kiyomiya. Well, yeah, that's on. the thing. He's piling around with a couple of rookies. Yeah. that That's the thing. Like he's a two-time champion and a two-time like black, like league winner as well. And like... he doesn't give off. Like I'm the leader of this vibes. No, it's Anzai. <laughs> it's it, that. That's again. It's it, it's it's this weird dichotomy of like this projection of Kaito Kiyomiya, where it's like, no, he's like our young up and comer. It's like he's held your title for over a year. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we? Why? Why is he associating with two rookies? Like, with a guy that is barely more than a year in, and another guy that was like losing to like Yoshinobu Kanemaru in openness like three months ago. 
it makes no sense, but they got to give them something. Yeah, I mean, like I said, good for the other two. With Kaito, I'm still kind of at a loss what they're doing with him. I mean, do we actually kind of want to talk about him being in World Tag League as well? I haven't watched any of the World Tag League, have you? Uh, I watched the first night. Uh, I very much recommend going out of your way to watch Oiva and Kiyomiya versus uh, Gabe Kidd and Alex Coughlin. Because it has, I mean, I'm sure you remember the G1 match between uh, Kaito and Gabe Kidd. Yes. Yeah, they continued that story. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. I. That's all I'd say. It. I gave it four and a half stars. Oh wow. Yeah. Yes, I heard a lot of people talking about that match. I'll have to check it out. Um. And that. Yeah. But how does it like? Just where? Where was that show? Uh, that was a Korokan. And what? What did Korokan think of uh, Kiyomiya? They were. Uh, they were hard. They were. They were excited about that match because like those guys were like aware of the story with like the G1 and everything. So okay. they were very much excited for that match and they were hot for all of it. That's uh that's a good sign for Q, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean that's the thing, like that's not like crowds have really like given up on him, as you've seen by like crazy stalkers yes. like, invading the ring and encouraging him to like, finally embrace his destiny. It's like yeah, I don't know, like I think <sighs> I still don't think that train has fully left the station, but it is kind of starting to like just. I mean, no, maybe that's not the right rephrasing it. The train hasn't fully derailed yet, but it's starting to come off the rails yet. I think is the better way of phrasing it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I would assume, like, okay, so what's your prediction of how far they get? Uh, oh, I don't think they're making it out of the. Do they even have blocks? I don't know. They, yeah, yeah, no, they have blocks. They have blocks. I don't think they're making it out of the block. Because, like, why would they? <laughs> it's like, or even with a young boy until, like, not that long ago. Um, So, yeah, I, I don't, like, that's what I mean. Like, I don't really know why they're there. Uh, Because at least with the G1, there was, like, a story here. Whereas with this, there isn't really. So, yeah. I, I think they're just gonna be like in the middle of the pack and then who knows what Kaito's doing afterwards. I mean there are still people that are like, is he gonna jump to New Japan? But I just I don't know, I still don't really see that happening. No. And then he's just oh, kind be... of back in Noah lost in the shuffle. Well, I mean the thing is if he were to jump, he'd be firmly behind the Rewa three musketeers. Yeah. And probably Oiva when he comes back. Yep. So Nakajima. Yeah. So, so like that's a lot of guys there already that are gonna be ahead of you. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense. Uh also, oh yeah, actually, I mean talking about him being lost in the shuffle. And as a show, we're kind of gonna like just skip over a bit that happened after this one because it was just kind of a house show where nothing happened. Mm-hmm. But the main event, so actually there is something from that show that I do want to talk about. Just remember it. So there is there was kind of in the main event of that one. Uh, we had uh, uh, we had uh, Daga, and so we had the Stinger guys uh, against Hayata, Eita, and um, and uh, Kaito Kiyomiya. Uh, how much more can you just be lost in the shuffle that you're just like the third 
like just a random guy that isn't involved in the feud <laughs> at all for a bunch of juniors. Yeah. Right? Like even if it is the main event of a house show, but like, you know, like you're just completely irrelevant to the story that is being told in this main event. Well, compare like, that to like could have just... compare that to like a random all Japan house show where Kento's in like the six man main event. Yeah, yeah, where Kaito is still going to be the most important part of that st- of that like match still. Yeah. Whereas Kaito was just like a body in there and and also that show like that match also they just did all of the like usual like bullshit in that like stinger and like right. that that feud has been doing for like forever now. There was even like a fake like disqualification at the start and then they restarted the match and yeah. Just the exact same trash as always. <laughs> yeah, those Noah house shows do not look appealing. Mm, I mean that there, there are sometimes they have some nice stuff, but there's never anything on it that is like must see. Yeah. What is must see though? Uh I just want to get your opinion on it. Uh is what do you think of Jake's new look? Uh Milady, how are you? <laughs> Okay, thank you. I were exactly aligned of what this looks like. <laughs> yeah, uh, not great. No. Say what you will about the Darth Vader look. That was at least unique. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess this is unique too, but like at least it was supposed to be threatening. I don't know what this is even supposed to like bring across. I don't know, but he's going to get geeked out of his own stable. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, that was always going to happen eventually. <laughs> I mean, does he get yeah. tough and Jack Morris takes over? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that then the stable name makes a bit more sense as well. Mm-hmm. So that's Noah, unless you have any other final thoughts. Uh, not really. Uh, like I said, they, they've kind of punted on the rest of the year. So yeah. I think we're going to obviously cover the Yokama Buddha control and like, stuff they announced for like the Ariaki show but I feel like the Noah section for the rest of the year until then until the Ariaki show is probably going to be a bit shorter because it just isn't much to talk about oh yeah. actually maybe just for quick on the Monday magic because we've both been enjoying it so I kind of looked into the schedule and there is actually I think in December like just before Christmas there is actually one that they have labeled as final Label that so I don't final. know if they, that Monday, like magic? Monday magic episode final yeah Oh, interesting. So I don't know if that was always supposed to be like a limited run series, but yeah, it seems like it's coming to an end sooner rather than later, unfortunately. I'm getting to get the vibe there's going to be a big reset in the new year. Yeah, no, that's the feeling I'm getting as well. Well, like, I mean, if you just, like I said, if you just look kind of at the champions right now, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of like guys that I don't think, like, they're obviously going to be important, but like a lot of untested champions as well, where like I feel like it's easy for them to like, that might be why they punted on the rest of the year, because they're just taking two months to kind of just think about their plans. And then they put it on a bunch of guys. They have a very easy time to take the titles off of if necessary. Yeah, although Jack Morris has two titles. So yeah. um. He, I, I don't think he, I think he's hanging around. Oh yeah, yeah, no, 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 definitely. But I feel like he might be losing one of them at some point. Like, I, I don't just think get to keep him as a double champion for sure. I just get the feeling that Wagner's gone. Yeah, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. 
but he has been announced for Carrot, so I might yeah. need to see if I can make that trip work in March. Mm-hmm. And then, so, uh, Paul, you didn't watch the show, but uh, I watched Ultimate Party. I uh, mostly enjoyed Ultimate Party. Um, I'm just looking through here the results. Uh, the tag title match was, was Soma Takao and Shota versus Masahiro Takanashi and Antonio Honda. It went 746. And Takao pinned Honda. Ta- uh, it was just like a two-and-a-half-star match. Tag Rumble was won by Yusuke Okada and Yuya Kuroku, um, which was a fine little thing. Uh, uh, Naruki Doi pulled double duty that day and showed up after the All Japan show to be in this. Um, oh, yeah, he was in the opener, right? So he just... Yeah. I was like, why is he in the open? And it made a lot more sense when he like I heard that later. I was like, oh, he went to Ultimate Party. Okay. <laughs> um, so nice to see Okada and Koroku get something, and they're going to be challenging for the All Asia Tag Titles on December 9th, I think. And I'm looking forward to that match. Um, Tokyo Joshi Pro offer match. Yuki Arai, Moka Miyamoto, and Shino Suzuki uh, defeated Suz- Suzume, Arisa, Endo, and Wakana Yuhara in 10-10. Uh, this was probably one of the best matches on the undercard very solid uh, i haven't been enamored with the booking of tokyo joshi pro this year but their rookies like uh yuhara and then there's like uh toga too like they've been very solid and they got to show off here because i think that's probably the first time a lot of people saw yuhara and maybe even shino suzuki um the special eight-man tag match uh Yoshitatsu, Yoshihiko, Danshuku, Dino, and Super Saka Tasadango Machine defeated Shinshiro Takaki, Akito, Makoto Oishi, and Shinshiro Kawamatsu, who's that politician guy, um, when uh, Machine uh, pinned uh, Takagi. Uh, that's exactly how you think it was. Um, yeah, that, that, sounds like a, that sounds like a, a lot of comedy. Yeah. Japan Tokyo Japan Kuroshio defeated Takashi Misada in 13-14 with a crucifix hold. Uh Jiro did his incredibly long entrance, of course. Uh, which was over, no doubt. Um, I mean, this was fine. <laughs> you know, Masada obviously is like a huge prospect, but uh this was not the best uh use of his uh, skills, I think. And then uh, the DDT versus Voodoo Murders, Jun Akiyama, Hiroshima, and Yukio Naya defeated Jun Saito, Rei Saito, and Toshizo in 10-11 when Naya used a backdrop uh, suplex on Toshizo. Um, this is a fun little brawl. Obviously, this is building to uh, Naya versus Rei Saito. Um, then the special singles match, Daisuke Sasaki defeated Tetsuya Endo in 14-20. This is a Daisuke Sasaki match. But I will say, Paul, did you see the spot from this match with the 450 through a table? Uh, no, actually, I haven't okay. seen that. So one. it was a picture perfect. Sasaki was on a table on the outside. And then Tetsuya Endo jumped up on the ropes and then did a beautiful 450 for with a perfectly perfect landing through the table. And the table broke and everything. It was just a beautiful spot, but that was the best part of this match. Okay. I mean, fair enough. It's um, just still, I'm like, I mean, I'm just looking, I haven't seen it, but like, does it make sense for Endo to lose here? Like, it seems like a weird result, oh, yeah, he, but I haven't really he, been uh, following DDT he passed too out much. In the, in the, in the, in the, in the cross face. 
And I don't know. I've been spotted with my DDT watching. So I don't know if it made sense. But maybe they okay. want to heat up Sasaki for a title match. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it just still feels like Endo is still rebuilding from getting knocked out by Nakajima. But oh, it, yeah. It's been like a year and a half now. <laughs> well, I should also add that Junakiyama has announced he's leaving Burning. Oh. So I don't know I what that, can you, It's just bizarre to have that stable without him. So, yeah, like it literally burning. doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Like Zakiyama hanging around. I so mean, had... I feel like Akiyama, like would he just, so you think he's going to go elsewhere or become a freelancer or, or like, I don't think he would just retire. No, but uh, maybe a semi-retirement, like he becomes just a irregular Maybe, but like to me, if I'm like cyberfight, I'm like, because I right, I they just made a boatload of money with like Muto's retirement show. And That's true. I yeah. think that there is a lot of money. I think not. I don't think there's as much money in oh. an Akiyama retirement show as there is in a Muto retirement show. But there's still like good money you can make with that. So like, if I'm I cyber think you got like, you got to run. You're not leaving. Yeah, for an Akiyama retirement show, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can at least get the Budok. You can at least sell out Budokan for that and. Like I, I, if I'm cyberfight, I'm like, okay, if you want to leave and retire, like, we're putting on a retirement show for you, and we'll make a shitload of money before you leave. Uh, so I don't know what's up with that, though. I haven't heard anything else. Um, the Saki Akai retirement match: Naomichi Marufuji, Kazusada Higuchi, and Miyu Yamashita defeated Saki Akai, Yukio Sakaguchi, and Hideki Okatani in 20 minutes and three seconds with a skull kick from Yamashita on Akai. Um, this was a pretty good match, but they, of course, they had to go with the melodramatic ending with Yamashita with tears in her eyes, looking at Akai before giving her the skull kick. Uh, I, <laughs> I did I, she I, say, I don't know, did she say, I'm sorry, I love you? I, I was just going to say that too. <laughs> I, I do not believe so. And then after um, very nice um, retirement ceremony, including a Shinsuke Nakamura message, but they couldn't show it. <laughs> They so just they just, like, cut the feet. <laughs> no, they cut away to like the crowd shot or the commentary shot and had audio, other audio, but so you could still hear that it was Nakamura. Yeah, but you got Tanahashi, you got Togi Makabe, um, you had uh, flowers from uh, Takumi Aroha, and oh my goodness, I can't remember the other Joshi wrestler that was with her, um, and then um. And that sort of thing, right? So it was very nice. The DC does his retirement very well, actually. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, Saki Akai, like I, like I said, I think she is one of those things, uh, one of those candidates where it's like she came in really rough and she improved oh, like so a was, shit yeah. ton. Yes, definitely. And I mean, I get, I get that he was in the main event and everything, but it's almost a shame that Brooks couldn't be in this because I think he was really the guy when she started working with him. Mm. Where, like really, sh- I I think it's because they kind of have similar body types. I think yeah. he probably because they're both kind of lanky and awkward, right? Yeah. So I think that really helped her, like find a style that works for her because he probably showed her it's like yeah, we probably have kind of like similar issues when we're in the ring, and like she became noticeably better when they worked together. Yeah. And then uh, for the Iron Man heavy metal title, well, I mean. It was Hiromu Takahashi defeating Kazuki Harada. They had 
a musical situation death match, a handicap match, a blindfold breast hiding death match, dancing I'm death sorry, match. Sorry, what? That was when they had the bikini tops on. Okay. Uh, yeah, like I said. Oh, and the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title Belt won the Iron Man title. I did see. I did see that where like, who was it again? Someone snuck in uh, into like her almost like hotel room and then had their phone pin the title belt and then they pinned the phone and then Hiromo won the title back. Well that no the the title won the 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 title during the match. Oh okay. But okay then I guess that happened before then. Yeah. Um uh this went on for quite some time. <laughs> Cause they had like the two minute matches that got well, they did a spin the wheel gimmick. Or a digital spin the wheel gimmick, and then they had the match. I don't know. This is this isn't the type of amount of con- comedy for me. That's all I can say. No. Um, but they got a lot I mean, of. It's really. I mean, it's really been one of my issues with uh, DDT in general recently. Where like I don't think a lot of the comedy is like has really landed at all. Yeah. No, that is an issue. Um, but I mean, it's always a comedy promotion. But I just didn't think this one was. Uh... No, I mean, I, I like that. That's what I mean. But like, right? It's always a been a comedy promotion. And there's been a lot of comedy stuff that I've enjoyed in DDT. I just think like over like the last year or so, I don't think there was particularly a whole lot in DDT that I was like. Well, yeah, I, I think it's sort of like you sort funny. of trying to figure out where it wants to go. Yeah. Yeah, I think that really is like I think that really is DDT's biggest problem. Where like I feel like it feels weird because they're still kind of doing the same thing they weren't doing before, but it feels a weird way they've lost identity. I guess it was working better before because they were just kind of this plucky underdog promotion that was succeeding against its like everyone's wildest prediction. But now it's been a few years that they've been owned by like a massive conglomerate, so you can't really. Like, right, you can't really have that identity anymore. So I don't really know what they are now. Yeah. Well, this show drew uh, uh, 4,785 fans, which for DDT these days, that's pretty good. Yeah. No, that is really good. Especially if you look at, like, like okay, they brought in Chris Jericho. But, like, otherwise, other than that, like, it's not like they really, like, loaded up the show with, like, big draws either. Well, Saki Akai retirement match. Yeah. But, like... Look, but I love her, yeah. Saki Akai, but like, it's not like she was ever a massive draw. Yeah. And then uh, what was called the dramatic dream match, Chris Jericho defeated Kanosuke Takeshita in 23 minutes and 32 seconds. Uh, with the I think you skipped over the Mao match. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Well, it was pretty forgettable. <laughs> Mao defeated Matt Cardona for the Universal title in 1650. Uh, using a radio silence with a plastic case. So using uh, Cardona's own move against him uh, to win the title. I mean, I thought Mal looked good here. He tried, but it was just Cardona doing his shtick, yelling at the crowd, Steph DeLander interfering. Like, you know, it was what it was. You know. Yeah, I, I, I feel like when I'm going back to like watch the show, I feel like this is one of those that I'm... I feel like I'm gonna be like after the. I, have a feeling I mean, like, you really, really only to watch the yeah. Akai in the top. Two yeah, matches. I'm like, I'm gonna go to the Akai retirement match, and then I might be skipping 
to Jericho Takeshita unless you tell me to skip it and the main event. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Chris Jericho versus Takeshita was awesome. Uh, this is uh, Jericho's best singles match in some time. Uh, he oh, okay. bumped his ass off for Takeshita too, including taking a blue uh, thunder bomb off the top rope. Um, yeah, I, I did see also him like just getting like the one thing I did see was like him getting like brain bested into like concrete. Yeah. So, like, he was on, he worked hard, the crowd was really into him, and I don't really think it's a big deal that Takeshita lost. Uh, he is a heel, and I would assume that Jericho probably put over Takeshita in AEW. Yeah, and also, like, it's in Japan, like, I yeah. mean, Takeshita and DDT especially. I mean, DDT yeah, he's of any Teflon. company does not care about yeah. their people losing. Yeah, or and I mean, like I said, Takeshita and DDT at this point, like he can take losses. It's not gonna damage him. Yeah, he ran like, through he's, everyone. He's else. an all-time legend in that promotion, yeah, even yeah. at he's, his age already. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because he was running through everybody else. Remember? Yeah, when he turned heel. So yeah, the, the, no problem with the finish. Definitely worth a watch. And these Jericho haters are in the mud again, <laughs> as always. <laughs> With one okay, there's one exception I will give them. Uh he was part like unfortunately the only Okada tight I okay, I can't even because it's the only Okada, not the only, but like I won't see any more Okada IWGP heavyweight titles. If I see him, it will be like IWGP world title, but right. uh, so I did I did I was at Dominion 2019. Oh, okay. Yes, that, that was not, legitimately that was, not, was not a good that was that not was a good not match. A good match. No, that was not a good match. Like the crowd no. booed. When the show ended, because they were like, "Wait, that's it." So that, yeah, that 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 was not good. I'm happy that I at least later in the year saw what uh, went to Roy Quest and saw Okada versus Suzuki, because mm-hmm. otherwise that would have been my only Okada title match. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then um, in the main event for the KOD Open Weight Title, Yuki Ueno defeated Chris Books in 29:39 WR uh, to win the title. For the first time, I uh, seen a lot of conversation about this match. I saw a lot of people thought that they spammed moves a little too much. I don't know. I thought this, like, I guess you sort of have to like understand it's a relationship and like Yuen is trying to surpass his friend. I thought this was really good. I'm not sure it. I would quite put it in my top ten match of the year level, but it came close. They worked really well together. There's some big spots, big bumps. Um, I mean, I would put it probably my top 20 matches of the year, though. I really like this. Okay. Yeah, no, that 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 seems like high price. Okay, I'll I think I'm higher on this, a little higher on this than some. Um, it did feel like a big deal, at least by DDT standards, too. Yeah, but I mean, I like... Reno always, like, Reno, right, like, for a while now, he's been, like, touted as the next guy. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of people that watch this show because of Jericho who, like, watch even less DDT than I do. And by less than I do, it's I watch the big DDT shows, like, also the party and, and um, oh, my goodness. What's the big show every year? Uh, Peter Pan. Yeah, Peter Pan. And, like, the, the, the KOD finals and stuff like that. But, like, there's people that maybe watch DDT once every three years that parachuted in for this and just hung around to watch the main event. And I can I can understand maybe it's uh, a little more different than that sort of thing. But I really did like this. 
Okay. No, no, no. I mean, and then I will definitely go and watch this one. Then. And another notch Books's belt. Uh, I'm not sure. Like, is he an MVP? Not the MVP, but is he in a conversation? A little oh. bit. I would say that in some ways he stabilized DDT. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far, but I think you can make a case for him. Mm-hmm. I think I mean, he was he... definitely better. He's definitely better. Like it made perfect sense when he won the title. Like yeah. and like and also it just wasn't working with Fino. No. So yeah, no, I I I can kind of see where you're coming from with that. Like, like I think that he... it's just match quality isn't necessarily up to the same level as like other guys. Oh, I thought this was up there. I thought this was one of his best. I mean, I think Brooks's matches against Higuchi and Yuen are two like very high level like. Great oh yeah, not Higuchi matches awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen this one yet. Yeah, maybe I have a better idea of it, like when I've actually seen this match as well. So that's DDT also a party. Uh, I might watch more Dio than I did last year. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, the, the the blocks do look interesting. Yeah, I want to see Ray Saito versus Yuki Odaya. Yeah, <laughs> kind of very curious how that one will go. And then we move on to All Japan. We got five shows to talk about. <laughs> um, so we're not going to go through. I didn't watch any non-tournament matches on any of these shows. There wasn't really anything. Um... There wasn't There wasn't even that many non-tournament matches. Anyway. Really wasn't. Uh, and the one I did watch was actually pretty fun. It was on the first show. Uh, so the first show was on November 12th at Corican Hall in front of 1,320 fans, which... That was a that is a pretty good number for an opening night of the real world tag league. Yeah. For all no, that's a great number. That's actually better than the two because uh, New Japan does the Takarakan double shot to like open their tag league. Yeah. And this actually outdrew both of them. Ah. Because yeah. they both they both like broke one thousand as well. But it was like I think both were like around like one thousand one hundred. Yeah. So that's a good sign for all Japan. No, that that's a great sign. Like that's a great sign. Anytime you can manage to like, even if it's just in Kurikan, each time you can manage to like outro new new Japan. I think that's always a very good sign. Yeah, definitely. So we start off with uh, Judo Battle Glory Aski Oyagi defeating Naruki Doi in three minutes and forty seven seconds with a Bakatari sliding kick cutback. Paul, this is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> tried to uh, be the heel. But uh, no, Atsuki counter. Yeah, he just outfoxed them, yeah. This is one of the best sprints I've seen uh, all year. I mean, it was less than four minutes. And uh, he sent Doi packing off the DDT. Yeah, Doi literally running out to the taxi. <laughs> Probably didn't even take a shower to make it a ta- to make it to Suma Hall in time. Or not even a taxi. Wait, no, you can't just, I think they, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can just take a straight train from there to... Can you? I don't remember off the top of my head, but like, it is actually a relatively straight shot from there to Sumo Hall by train. Mm-hmm. The next up in the real world technically, we have June Saito and Ray Saito defeating uh, Tokyo Japan, or is it Japan Tokyo? Kuroshio. I know. Seiko Tachibana in 10 minutes and 41 seconds with a psycho break from June on Tachibana. We got the um, Jiro entrance, of course, mm-hmm. and 
Tachibana's back to the Yakuza look. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess with Honda leaving GOA, I guess GOA in general is just dead now. Yeah, there was a graduation match. Yeah, but I thought that was just Honda graduated from GOA. Oh, okay. but it seems like all of GOA just graduated. Hmm. Anyway. I think this was sort of better than I thought it was going to be, but at the same time, I think this should have just been a squash. Yeah, it should have. It could have been a little bit shorter than it was, but it was fine for what it was. I think it's the best way of saying it. Yeah. Um. Because like they should have like come back, bam. Like honestly, I just would have had them take off Tachibana's like head with a big like lariat or doomsday device in like three minutes. Yeah. Um. Then next up was a non-tournament match, but I'm just going to mention it because it was Reiki Honda and Yuma Anzai defeating Osama Nishimura and uh, Ryo Inoue in 8 minutes and 48 seconds with the final event from Honda on Inoue. I thought this was a lot of fun, and I thought Nishimura and Anzai's uh, sequences were really good, and I'd like to see them have a match. Yeah, it really seems like all of the old guys, whenever they come in and have a match with Anzai, they, or they want to have a match with Anzai because they all want to like take a look at this guy that everyone is touting out. Like building up as like this like Cadmus prospect, and then Junior Battle of Glory, Fuminori Abe defeated Dan Tamer in eight minutes and fifty seven seconds with the referee stop from an octopus hold. Again, very solid work. I thought I enjoyed this, but this is really what the thing is here, and we'll get into this with most of these matches in the but Junior Battle of Glory. They are sort of handicapped by the 10 minute time limit yeah and you really don't get as good a match as you could have gotten from these guys so it's yeah. like a lot of like three and a quarter matches and stuff yeah, like i that. hope I, I really hope that like the juniors can kind of convince whoever is in charge to like spin them back off into their own tournament like in the summer or whatever they got to do that next year yeah um then rising hyato defeated in the junior battle where rising hyato defeated Hikaru Sato in 845 with the Sid Vicious. Again, very solid. You know, uh, Sato going after the arm and everything like he does. But again, you know, nice little, mm -hmm. like, again, you know. What can you yeah. say? Yeah, it was good for what it was. That's like yeah. all those junior battle glory. Well, there's a couple yeah. I could flag as different, but that's like case for most of them. Yeah. Real World Tag League. Cyrus in the debuting Ryan Davidson. Uh, defeated Shuji Shikawa and Bren Ayabe in 10 minutes and 14 seconds with the verse splash uh, from Cyrus on Ayabe. A good debut for Davidson. Now he mm -hmm. sort of missed that spinning splash off the top to the outside on, on Shuji, but otherwise he looks good. And Paul, you know, I talked to um, uh, Justin Bissonette, the owner of Inspire AD, mm -hmm. the indie out of um, Austin, Texas, where uh, Davidson's a Texas guy, right? Mm -hmm. so, uh, according to Biss, he's very high on Ryan, calls him a locker room leader, and was Ooh. thought this was before um, the tournament started. And I was because I was away last time, but he was very high on him and had some really good words to, to say about him. So I think that's a really good sign. Yeah, no, definitely. I've, it seems like, gen like I think all Japan kind of learned their lesson after bringing in. Um... Uh, what's oh shit, what was the shithead's name again from Britain? Uh, Josh Bodum, Josh Bodum, exactly. Yeah, the, the the fastest comeback and cancellation ever. Um, 
yeah, uh, Josh Bodum, like after he like got kicked off from the tour, I think they've been a bit hesitant of like bringing in a lot of foreigners. But like, I feel like they really like vet the foreigners that they do bring in, oh. and, like character wise. Someone else, but there's another thing here. You're not getting the Tajiri foreigners. Yes, that too. Although Cyrus might have been a Tajiri guy because he was also in Wrestle One. Uh, maybe, yeah. Cyrus, but, yeah, Cyrus, I could definitely see, but like Tajiri has Ryan a wasn't. Yeah. And it's not always great. No. <laughs> as much as we as much as we like to meme on the Maltese Ricky Dozen, uh, he was not exactly a polished worker, let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh so yeah, they have like well Gresham's a different case because he's not like some unknown quantity. No. But I have to say I really enjoyed Gresham in all Japan. Yeah, I, I really hope he's coming back. Yeah. And um so next up, uh, Katsuhiko Nakajima and Hokuto Omori defeated Suwama and Hideki Suzuki in 16 minutes and 57 seconds when Omori made Suwama submit to the narcissist lock. Now, Paul, this was not a good match. And do you know why it was not a good match? Why was it not a good match? Well, because they were doing dueling can they coexist <laughs> angles with the tag team partners. Now, okay, to be I agree, it was not a great match, but so I kinda didn't I didn't watch the show live. I came back to it later. And um I saw everyone like shitting on this match like really badly. <laughs> so I like went in with like super low expectations, and maybe that's why I'm like it wasn't horrible. <laughs> it's basically it's my takeaway from it. But it, it definitely isn't ideal like to like have like two like can they coexist stories. Although I what I will say now with especially with hindsight of kind of where we see both of those stories going, I'm also like a little bit less down on it as well. Mm. Because if they kind of have had kept it up right, it's two like can they coexist stories. Uh, and that's how they would have stayed. Then I definitely would have. I would still be even more like, yeah, this, that that's really bad. But at least like they kind of established it here that like both of these have like problems. Teams have problems with each other, but one team is currently actively overcoming it, and for the other team, it's only getting worse. So like right, we're like Nakajima and Omori. Yes, because uh, I was just saying the, the Nakajima Omori thing is evolving and it's it's getting better. Yeah. Whereas the Subama and Hideki, like the Nakajima Omori team, is like leading to them becoming an actual team, whereas the Suvama and Hideki team is, like, leading towards them having a singles match. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, like, it, in that in that regard, like, it's not as bad as it could have been. But I, I agree, definitely, like, in the moment, on the first night, having these two facing off against each other with the exact same story is kind of shitty. But I will, like I said, I will, like, weaken it off a bit with the power of hindsight being, like, well, yes, they, they did do that, but it makes more sense now because they showed that these two are going in different directions afterwards. So it actually makes logical sense in terms of storyline. Yep. Yep. Okay, I can see that. I just thought it sort of also distracts from Amori getting a submission over Suama, which was like a big... <laughs> yes, to be fair, that I fully agree on. <laughs> that That's not great that like you give Omori an actual submission win over like a legend and it's just kind of forgotten because can they coexist yeah that, we'll that's talk, not great we'll talk about how things are going because uh, uh, there was some advancement i would say on today's show 
Did you see today's show? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, I made sure to watch the post match after their match too. Uh, uh, yeah. So and then in the main event, Real World Tag League, Haido Tamara and Galeno Damal defeated Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi in 20 minutes and 13 seconds with a lariat from Tamara on Miyahara. A big upset, and this was a lot of fun and a great match. I thought easily the best match on the show, one of the best matches in the tournament. And I thought it did a great job to set out uh, Galeno and Tamara. And Paul, also judging by some of the other results that Tamara's been in, he's got to be challenging for the Triple Crown in January. Because why would I, I you allow him that. to do that? Uh, you're, you're thinking maybe that he's like the January defense, like the, the, well, the New Year's War defense? So there's... Um, so on, I think it's January 27th, All Japan is running that um, arena that they ran for Kento and Yuma in February again. Ah. But they've also got three Korokins. So I just think Hayato Tamara is a good Korokin guy. Yeah, he's a great guy to defend the title, uh, to, to challenge for the title on the 14th of January. Or the third. Yeah, or the third. Any oh, of those work, really. Just because, <laughs> like, I think they realize that Kento needs, if you're putting the belt on Kento again, and I think it's pretty obvious that they are, he yeah. needs like, new faces to face. Yeah, unless this is a bit of a longer thing with Nakajima. Well, we'll see. But... I, I, I still wouldn't rule that out. Like him and Omori kind of growing together as a team leads me to believe that maybe he is sticking around for a little bit longer. Because why else kind of? Give well, him maybe like a long, long attacking partner or not. Well, I mean, yeah. we'll see whether this one goes. Yeah. But um, I just think that, well, we'll talk about it later, but Hayato mm -hmm. Tamara is being sort of like. I, I mean, know, look, Hayato Tamara, I, I like Hayato Tamara versus Kento Miyahara is a great match, as would be Hayato Tamara versus Katsuhiko Nakajima. <laughs> so, you know, I think we win either way. <laughs> yeah. So, but that was also a good way to end the turn with a big upset, I think. Yeah, no, that, that's what you want to do on your tournament. It's like you want to like have like that big upset, especially on like the first night to like really like get the juices going. Mm -hmm. Then on the 15th at uh, Tokorozawa Citizen Gym, Sub-Arena and 560 fans, Naruki Dori versus Hikaru Sato, or he beat Hikaru Sato in 453 with an inside cradle. Again, a perfectly solid match against two great veterans. That was less than five minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shuji Shikawa and Ren Ayabe defeated Hayato Tamara and Galeno Del Mal with the running knee lift from Ishikawa on Tamara. Um, this was also, I thought, solid. I got to say, Ren Ayabe stepping up in this tournament. Do you yes. not think so? No, that's uh, that was actually going to be my talking point now as well. Because I think he really has been kind of the stand, like the standout, I would say. Yeah, no, because I would say so. Because I was like, for me, it was like, okay, it's kind of getting to that point where like Ayabe needs to like take that next step. Because he has shown flashes of like being talented and he obviously is like really tall. So he was always going to get chances. But I think he really is kind of stepping up now. Like he really is showing like a lot of attitude here. And he's like really like, like using his body, like his size a lot more as well, like more effectively now. And yeah, no, he really is like the guy that is like the most like popping off the screen for me so far. Almost like he's wrestling for a contract. Yeah, no, that's also my take as well. Yeah, he, I think 
I think we might be seeing I might I think I might be seeing him in January in a tracksuit on the second of January. And then real world tag league Suwama and Hideki Suzuki defeated Japan Tokyo Kuroshio and Seiko Tachibana in A forty seven with a double iron suplex from Suzuki on Tachibana. Of course, you know, I mean Suzuki and Suwama bickered here, but they managed to beat these guys. Yeah, I mean as they should. <laughs> yeah, it was what it was. Uh, and then Ryuji Hijikata and Hiroshi Yamato defeated Black Lancer and Ryu Inoue in seventeen in seven twenty five. Fisherman Buster uh, from Hijikata and Mensa Ray didn't watch it. Uh, and then Real World Tag League Katsuhiko Nakajima and Hokuto Mori defeated Ryuki Honda and Yuma Anzai nine fifty two with a Northern Lights bomb uh, from Nakajima on Anzai. I would call this an upset. Um, I'm kind of surprised it didn't go longer, but um, you know, I think that Anzai and Nakajima have great chemistry. Yeah, uh, and it was also really impressive that he got him up for that as well. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, no, I, I thought I thought this was really impressive. They did kind of still continue like the whole storyline here as well, where like was was it this match or the next match when Nakajima got upset with Omori that he was wearing ripped off his shirt. Yeah, he ripped off the shirt here, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, did so they was... twice in a row and everything. Yeah, yeah. So they, they were kind of continuing that story, but I think aside from that, it was like a really good match. Yes. Um uh, this sort of started the storyline where uh new period <laughs> uh st- struggled getting out of the gate. And um so I think what this is the classic story that they're gonna come from behind, sort of thing. Because, I mean, as we'll get to later, like, they, they they are, I think they're starting their comeback now. I feel like if they hadn't won, like, today, then I think, I think they actually would have been mathematically eliminated. I'm not sure. Probably not, but it would have been very difficult. It would have been very difficult. Whereas, yeah, I think now they're kind of, like, going to go on a run towards the end of the uh, tournament now. Yeah. And then we had Junior Battle Glory. Dan Tamer versus Rising Hayato beat uh, beat him in 944 with the Powerbomb. I thought that uh, that was pretty good, actually. Um, definitely a little better than just uh, mm-hmm. them doing their thing. Because um, it went right to the time limit and everything like that. Yeah, there, there was like a lot of urgency, I think, towards the end as well. <laughs> I actually thought they were going to go to the time limit. And then yeah. Yeah, I think Dan pretty much like beat him at the last second. And then uh, in the Junior Battle of Glory, Aski Oyagi went to a draw with Koji Iwamoto for 10 minutes. Uh I thought it's interesting booking because this was like the old ace versus the new ace of the junior division. I thought this was actually pretty good too. Yeah. No, no, no. I, and I feel like they kind of were doing a draw here to maybe like save. Yeah. Hatsuki's first victory over Moto for like later. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, June Seto and Ray Seto defeated Cyrus and Ryan Davidson in 940 with the diving body press from Ray on Davidson. Um, I thought this was shockingly decent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just kind of big men snapping into each other. That's all. Um, I for. Yeah, no, I mean, that's really that's really all you want from this. Uh, they also kept it okay, not short, but like I feel like they shouldn't have gone longer than they did. I think they kind of like ended it right when they should have. Yeah. Then in the main event, Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi defeated the DDT team of Yukio, or Eruption, Yukio Sakaguchi and Hideki 
Okatani in fifteen forty six with a shutdown German suplex hold from on uh, Mihar on Okatani. I do not think this is quite as good as the main event on night one, but this was a, still a very good match. Yeah, no, I really like this one as well. Um, I think it's I think it was interesting to see like Okatani work with like Mihar and Aoyagi. Yeah. Worked well. uh, just to kind of see if he can, yeah, to see if he can keep up with that level of guy. So yeah. I think he really like, I think he really like showed up here. Like he didn't feel he like out of can. place. He just lacks the charisma that those other guys have. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, we'll see if that's a thing maybe he can develop over time. But at least in ring wise, I think if I'm DDT, I'm like, okay, I can see that this guy is going to be able to like go at the top level at least. Hmm. Um, so we move on to night three at Nagoya International Conference Hall in front of 733 fans, which is up from their Nagoya stop last year by a couple of hundred, which is a good sign. And also to put things in perspective, Sardom just did 432 fans in the same venue today. <laughs> uh, yeah. Number two promotion in Japan, right? Maybe, uh, maybe Rossi should let whoever's booking all Japan books Sardom. Yeah, uh, did you see the comment? Okay, I mean, first we had the mistranslated comments where people were like, were like interpreting as as stardom going, we should work like WWE. Uh, but what they actually meant were like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be booking like so many tournaments back to back to back. Everyone seems to be getting injured if we do that. So we're kind of going to ease up on our schedule next year. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, I mean, fair enough, but also it's the incredibly obvious thing to do when like half your roster is injured. <laughs> yeah. Um. So first match with Rio Inoue defeating Rising Hayato in six fifty four with a clutch style backdrop hold. I thought this was very good. They actually managed to do a lot in the time allotted, and Inoue looked good. And this is a really big win for him. Yeah, I think this is actually one of my favorite matches so far in the tournament. Yeah, definitely one of the best. Yeah, like it, it was short, but I think yeah, as you said, they packed a lot of stuff in here, and it it felt like a big, like it felt like a really big thing for uh, in a way. Like you could kind of see it on his face as well when he came out. He he had that face where like you know like that wrestlers sometimes have, which sometimes can give away the result because they like they have that look on their face where it's like okay. this is a really big deal Ubu for them. Face. No, it, the op- rather the opposite of Boo Boo face, where it's like the like, okay, this is my big like moment, oh, right. basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's uh, it's like, and it made sense where like he got like his big win over Hayato. So yeah, no, good match. And then uh, next up, we have um, Yukio Sakaguchi and Hideki Okatana defeating Shuji Shikawa and Renayabe in eleven minutes and thirty eight seconds when uh, Quetzal. Uh, no, sorry. Okatani pinned Ishikawa with the Quetzalcoatl, which is um, Saki Akai's finishing move. Very impressive to do it on Ishikawa, although he did get yes. assistance from uh, um, Sakaguchi, who came and like kicked Ishikawa into the move and everything like that. Um, also interesting, I, Ishikawa was the one that took the pin here, but that might be related to Saki Akai, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean... Suwama and Ishikawa are taking falls in this tournament. Yeah. They've both taken multiple. Oh, yeah, I know for sure. But I, uh, I'm i just thinking maybe that specifically Ishikawa losing to Saki Akai's finishing move. Okay. 
right because they have a bit of a history as well right so i I think maybe that's why but like it is definitely like interesting that it isn't just ayabe that is like the clear fall guy for this team anymore Mm -hmm. i think that's the other message as well yeah i thought this was solid to you yeah yeah um then we had a six-man tag, Katsuhiko Nakajima, Hokuto Omori, and Naoki Tanizaki. Defeating Yoshiha, Tatsu, Kuroshiro, Tokyo, Japan, and Black Mensa Ray in 1224. The vertical spike uh, from Nakajima on Mensa Ray. Uh, I watched the last minute. It was fun to see <laughs> because Nakajima you were, beat up Mensa Ray. Because you were fast-forwarding and you landed in, in the middle of the, space, middle of the finishing sequence? Yeah. Well, I, you know. <laughs> No, 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 it's fair enough, fair enough. Like, I, I watched it, but I also don't remember a whole lot of it, but I do remember that the finishing sequence was good. Uh, Real World Tag League, June Seto and Ray Seto defeated Hyder Tamar and Galena Del Mall when uh, Ray used the drill hole pile driver on Galeno. Uh, I thought this was not a bad little match. Very impressive to see Ray get that pile driver on him. Yeah. Although it looked a little iffy. Yeah, yeah, that was a very fast pile driver, let's put it that way. Yeah. Like he basically put him up and then immediately went down before he, yeah, there was yeah. any risk of him losing it. Yeah, um, I was actually kind of surprised that that was the finish as well because the pile driver came so quickly. Yeah, um, yeah, it was fine. Um, you know, the Saito's—they're not horrible, but they also need talent to get the best out of them. A high level yeah. of talent to get the best out of them, like Kento and Yuma. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we go and then Junior Battle of Glory, Dan Tamara defeated Asuki Oyagi in A58 with the power bomb, giving Dan a little bit of a push here. I thought this was another uh, pretty solid match, but I w- didn't think it was the best of the tournament. No. And I also still think that Dan is moving up to heavyweight next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very possible. Um, and then the real world tag league, Cyrus and Ryan Davidson beat Suwama and Hideki Suzuki in 9 minutes and 34 seconds with a reverse blast from Cyrus on Suzuki. Uh, that's a hilarious result. <laughs> it was also hilarious watching Suzuki and Cyrus interact. I have yeah. to admit, I probably enjoyed this match more than many. Because it's <laughs> so, so silly. I mean, like I said, Suzuki can actually be really good at this kind of stuff. Like, I don't think he gets a lot of credit for that. <laughs> yeah. I thought... Hey, I people thought say Hideki worked. Suzuki never put anyone over. He put over Cyrus. I thought Davidson actually worked pretty well with Hideki, too. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty solid. And, of course, you know, it continues the story. Yeah. Of and then the in the real world... Te- not getting... Yeah. And then the real world tag league, Kento Bihar and Yuma Aoyagi... Went to a draw with Ryuki Honda and Yuma Anzai in 30 minutes. Again, this is their third 30-minute draw in the last couple of yep. months. Uh, another incredible match. Yeah. I would say probably the best match of the tournament so far. Uh, yeah, I would say so as well. Uh, and it's a very clear start. Like, there has to be something behind them Yeah, going to draws constantly. Like, that, that, that can't be an accident. So, like, I was actually thinking that maybe they went because after they went to two draws, I was like, okay, like maybe that's gonna lead to like something in the real world tag league. But the fact that they're still doing draws, like, I mean, it has to be like leading to like a title match eventually, right? Like, it when well, either of do, these teams they could do a decision match on the final night too. That could also be the thing. 
yeah, actually, maybe that's the thing where like they finally like Honda and Anzai overcome Kento and Yuma. Then we yeah, move that could on totally to... be a thing. Yeah. Uh, then we move on to November 21st. It shouldn't keep a first ring in front of 335 fans, a super no vacancy full house. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, Rio Noe versus Naruki Doi, 10 minute time limit draw. <laughs> I actually did like this because um, this is all about, in a way, like sort of surviving Doi type thing. Mm-hmm. I thought he did very well. Yeah. No, I really love that as well because Doi basically just got increasingly desperate. It's just kind of throwing everything like just short of like using the muscle bomb, uh, and in a way, still kind of like getting just barely getting away with it. But I think it showed resilience to like get a win, not a win, but like get a draw over like a legend like Naruki Doi. Um, then Fuminor Abe versus Koji Wamoto in a 10 minute time limit draw of the Sportiva uh, alumni. Yeah. Uh, this is again also very solid and very good. I thought up there probably on the better half of the tournament matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, these these two, I just love their history as well. Like, it's, can you yeah. think of that? Okay. And then Dan Tamara versus Casado was another time of a draw. <laughs> it did that did, did read this really get absurd. Did this this was like where I was thinking, okay, is this like a excuse they're going to use like in the future where like. They're gonna do a storyline where the juniors are gonna like saying that like we're gonna go get our own tournament again because for sake of like getting these like ten limit draws we want like more yeah. time. Yeah, I actually really like this match. It was all grappling. Yeah, and uh, Dan is my uh, Dan is grappler of the year in my books. Oh really? That's well, a, because of that and that uh, Shinya Aoki match. Okay, well, yeah. fair enough. I mean, you know what I'm actually thinking? Why I'm thinking he's like moving up the heavyweight? Because they've kind of been teasing kind of the tension between him and Suwama again as well, right? Yeah. So wouldn't it make sense if he moves up to heavyweight and starts teaming with Hideki? Ooh, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. That's a good one, actually. That's a really good grappler team right there. Yep. And then a rising hider defeated Atsuki Oyagi in 9 minutes and 26 seconds with an Aval... Uh, uh, Avalanche style Frankenstein cut back cradle. It was a good looking finish, but uh, I don't know. I just thought that this match sort of ended when they were starting to get cooking. Definitely not one of their best yeah. matches. No, I mean, yeah, these two have amazing chemistry, but yeah, I mean, as we've been saying, like for this entire time, like this is just really held back by these matches being so short. Yeah. Like, give um, this, give this like another five minutes, and you have probably have like at least a four star match right there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then we're on to the real world tag league. Uh, Katsuhiko Nakajima and Hokuto Amori defeated Cyrus and Ryan Davidson in 1046 with a Northern Lights bomb from Nakajima on Davidson. Um, so this is another match. Nakajima was slightly more amenable to Omori. He's not like throwing him out of the ring anymore. Um, but I think he ripped his shirt again in this one. And, uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. And then um, I thought that uh, Davidson and Nakajima actually worked well together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Davidson was also like willing to take a lot of like Nakajima stuff. Yeah, he was. Um, and then Yuma Aoyagi and Kento Miyahara defeated Shuji Shikawa and Renayabe in 1120 with a small package hold 
from Aoyagi on Ayabe because Ayabe probably went up for the Falcon Arrow. Uh, very solid. These guys could probably have a killer 20 minute match, though. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I actually, I think I actually like this one probably even a bit more than you. Yeah, because uh, I thought this was again one of those matches where like Ayaba really stood yes, out for he me. He did really look good here. Yeah, yeah, like he he really like laid it in on like Kento and Yuma, and especially I think also in the post match he really kind of stood out as well. But like like basically like Yuma just barely wins. He's kind of like dead in the mm-hmm. ring basically. Ayabe is like mad that he just yeah. got caught in the small package, but like. Kento's goofing off on the outside, and he's like coming in the ring, kind of squaring off with Ayabe, and Ayabe just decks him. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Um, and then June Seto and Ray Seto defeated Yukio Sakaguchi and Hideki Okutani in 10 minutes and 26 seconds with the psycho break uh, from June on Okutani, your Battle of the World tag versus the All Asia Tag Team Champions. Um, I actually thought this was actually pretty solid. One of the better Saito matches of the tournament because I think well, Sakaguchi and Okatani are so good. Yeah, no, they also sold their asses off here for the Saito yeah. too. Yeah. Um, Hayato Tamara and Galeno Dalmal defeated Suwama and Hideki Suzuki in 16-45 when Tamara used a lariat on Suwama for the win. That's a big win. Two big wins during this tournament so far for Tamara. I actually thought this was one of the better Suwama and Tadeki matches because I think they gelled well with their opponents. Yeah. And uh, uh, Tamara getting his win back from the Royal Road. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes. Forgot about that. But I still think that, I mean, I don't know. You get you give him wins over Kento and Suwama. Oh, no, no, no. no. It, it is still a big sign. Yeah, no, no. Like, I'm not disputing that. I think that's still like, that they're clearly like building him up. They're doing a better job of building him up for a title match than Glee ever did. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, I would agree with that. Then in the main event, um, Tokyo, Japan, Kuroshio, and Sego Tachibana defeated Ryuki Honda and Yuma Anzai in 1859 with the Yankee Hammer from Tachibana and Honda. I think the Yankee Hammer is actually a really cool move. Yeah. It's like a running axe bomber, but the guy is sort of like leaned over so you just like impact right on like the back of his neck um, no no it is a really cool looking like Tachibana is good it's just... yeah oh Tachibana I think Tachibana is underrated he's a very yeah. good worker um so I mean I thought this was very good I suppose it was sort of held back because you know they wanted to do the comedy and everything like that but yeah still, I mean definitely Kuroshio, uh, Kuroshio and Tachibana's best match of the tournament Definitely for sure. But I feel like it's impressive that like I feel like the entrance is getting longer and longer on every show. I I I watched the first one. And on any of the shows I don't watch live, I just fast forward through. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, but on this one it felt because like like Jiro literally went back backstage and then came back out and they restarted his music. I didn't see that now. Yeah, so uh... <laughs> Like it went on, like I think, like sometimes I have a feeling, like I feel on some of these shows, the entrance has been longer than the actual match. Mm-hmm. And then we go Not on this one, but still, yeah. Yeah, to today's show in uh, Kira Mese Numazu in front of 590 fans. I will say this is definitely drawing well. 
And Paul, the next show on the 26th is at the famed vegetable market. Hell yeah. From last year. And it's already sold out. <laughs> the vegetable market is a draw. The vegetable market is a draw. I mean, look, Fort where else can you buy a bunch of potatoes and then go and watch Kento Miyahara? Unfortunately, the vegetable the vegetable show is um, VOD. Which uh, is a shame yeah. because it would start at a decent hour for me to watch it, but it is not to be. Yeah. Um, I mean, but at least All Japan puts up their VOD shows like in decent time. They're getting a little better, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Noah took forever to put up the VOD for some yeah. of their shows. All of their VODs are like two to three yeah. days. Um, they're not even they're not even changing anything either. Like that's the weird part. No, all Japan inserts like backstage interviews. Yeah, they just cut out the stuff in between the matches, which makes them really jarring to watch because like it the match ends and then there's just a cut to like the next match starting. It's very weird. So. Uh, Junior Battle Gory, Atsuki Aoyagi defeated Rio Inoue in uh, 809 with a Firebird Splash. Um, again, I don't know. I just felt like there was some good stuff here, but like again, it just never got cooking. Yeah, no. Uh, never really got out of second gear, I feel. Yeah. And then Hikaru Sato versus Koji Iwamoto in 849 with a walkout of Gatame. I mean, I thought it was solid. These guys, like, you could work a match mm -hmm. like with these guys' styles that is a little more, I don't know, fulfilling in nine minutes than a traditional junior match type thing. Yeah, the most interesting thing here is that Iwamoto hasn't gotten a win yet. Mm -hmm. Like, he's had two draws, and now he's lost to Sato, so I'm wondering if maybe he's going to do, like, a come-from-behind thing as well in this tournament, but I don't even know if there's enough time. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's only his third match, and you have seven matches, so he could get four more. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then uh, Fuminori Abe defeated Rising Hayato in eight minutes and six seconds with it with an inside cradle. I thought this was pretty good. Uh, yeah, this Abe, was definitely one of the better ones. Abe knows how to do sprints. Yeah, this guy can work a ten minute match. I would, you know, I would just like to see like Abe go out there and work. The best match you can in 10 minutes, and I think it would be incredible. Oh, no, 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 for sure. Uh, Abe is like a guy that knows how to like perfectly make use of time, and I really love the finish on this as well, where Abe like uh, got higher to in the cradle, and then he like rolled outside of the ring all the way like into the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Um, then there was Cyrus, Ryan Davidson, Hiroshi Yamato versus Takao Mori, Dan Tamara, and Black Munsaray. Uh, I did not watch this, except that after the match, Cyrus was carrying Mensure over his shoulder to the back. Um, yeah, they they actually had some like uh, interactions during the match as well. Yeah, uh, Suwama and Hideki Suzuki defeated Yukio Sakaguchi and Hideki Okatani in eleven oh three with the Manriki sleeper from Suwama and Sakaguchi, mm -hmm. which was uh, somewhat surprising. I thought Okatani was the fall guy. But I guess Sakaguchi is not really protected as much as he used to be. Um, yeah. He's I, also sneakily old. Sakaguchi. Oh, he's 50. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like he's older than Suwama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought this was another um, pretty good match. And I think this was more like what I was expecting from Suwama Hideki versus what we've 
sort of got what we've been getting yeah although there was still like a lot of miscommunication yeah, for sure for sure in but, this match still between them but i think this was a good team for these two guys yeah. um then ryuki honda and yuma anzai defeated shu shikawa and renayabe in 13 34 with a german suplex hold from anzai and ishikawa again ishikawa and ayabe might sort of be the young son heroes of this tournament because mm-hmm. they're going to face everyone they're, I don't think they're really in contention, but they're having like good solid matches every night out. Yeah, for sure. And as I was like mentioning earlier, like Ayabe is like really starting to like yeah. use his height a lot more effectively. Mm-hmm. Like the one I really remember from this one is when uh, Ren had uh, Anzai in the uh, in the uh, what's it called again the master lock. Yeah. Uh, in the full Nelson and. Like Anza's feet, like he's like really holding him up. Like Anza's feet are like dangling. And Anza is not a small guy. Like he's no. really tall too. Yeah. It's just that Ren is just that much taller than anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like Ren is like legit. Like I think he was a basketball player as well. I believe Again, so, yeah. that's the size he has as well. Like so him just kind of like effortlessly kind of like just holding Anza there while his feet are dangling in the air is like really impressive. Well, it's funny you say that because basketball players haven't always been the best pro wrestlers. Uh, compared no, to that's other true. Athletes, right? That's true. So, we'll see. Well, it's a it's a non physical sport, which is noticeable when you go into a very physical sport afterwards. Um, but yes, uh, that was another great. Uh, oh, not non physical, but like no contact. Yeah, no contact. Yeah, uh, from Ishikawa and Ayabe, and so I assume this is where Honda and Anzai begin their rise. Mm-hmm. Um. Then we had Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi defeating Tokyo Japan, Kuroshio, and Seiko Tachibana in 13 minutes and 7 seconds with The Fool uh, from Aoyagi on Tachibana. Yuma had a blue jacket on and a tie <laughs> this entire match. I mean, this was basically a comedy match. Yes, but it was actually pretty good. All in yeah, all. this is what, this is what I mean, off. where like DDT used to have these kind of matches that are comedy matches, but they're funny and they're also good matches. But nope. now DDT is okay. We have our good matches that are straight laced, and then our comedy yeah. matches are horrid. Yeah. Whereas this this was a good match and a comedy match, and like like Yuma like just coming out in the blue jacket and like doing like dueling like jacket punch spots with oh yes uh, yeah yeah hero. <laughs> yeah. This was probably the um, peak of uh, th- this is probably the best comedy of the tournament. Yeah. It is probably going to be like the best match for like Jiro and Tachibana. <laughs> I kind of like the match against New Period a little better, but okay, uh, this was fun. Yeah, no, this was definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, like there, and I mean, did like okay in a weird way, like this also had like just an absurd amount of dis- miscommunication spots as well. But it was kind of everyone having miscommunication spots with literally everyone else, like partners and opponents included, and they but they were intent like. Yeah, it's it's hard to like describe it, but it was like pretty fun. Yeah, and then in the main event, uh, Katsuhiko Nakajima and Hokuto Omori defeated Jun Saito and Rei Saito in eighteen oh three with the Northern Lights bomb from Nakajima uh, on Rei. This is the first loss of the Saitos of the tournament because mm-hmm. uh, they had to lose at this point, otherwise, yeah, <laughs> runaway uh, thing because they would have gone. Uh, because this that would have been their fifth match, so they would have gone over the five hundred for the whole tournament uh, automatically. 
Um, so I thought I, okay. So first of all, Hokuto took his shirt off for the match started. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like that him and Nakajima are starting to gel a lot more. So that was some of the story of the match. Yeah. I thought this started off well. I thought there was a somewhat boring period stretch in the middle of this when the Saitos were working them over. And then I thought the last few minutes were actually really great with Nakajima and Ray. Um, Nakajima really knows how to work with larger opponents. Yes. When, especially when he's on when he's on the offense. So I thought that this was a pretty good match. It was an interesting choice of the main event, but I guess that it was okay. The Saito's first big loss of the tournament, and then Nakajima and Hokuto have turned a corner in their relationship. And also, just like earlier, where like the pile driver on Galeno came really fast. Similar here, the Norfolk Lights bomb from Nakajima on Ray was like one smooth motion. Yeah, but it looked, good. it looked good. It it did look good. It did look good. It's just noticeable where like against like Yuma, where he was like holding it and then hitting it. Whereas here he kind of just like I said, it was just one smooth motion. But I mean, fair enough. I also don't want to hold up Ray Saito for like a long time. But him like using the cocky pin again like was also pretty great. So that but is I, the... I but I agree, but I agree in general that like they probably could have cut a little bit of time out of this. Yes, they could. But other than that, I thought like the finish was really fun. And again, like in the post match, they really kind of showed that like Nakajima and Omori are starting to like really overcome their issues. Yeah. Uh which I assume was just gonna be like him shaking his hand after the tournament, not necessarily they were gonna become a long term um tag team, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Like, like I said, I've, I'm probably still leaning towards Nakajima's like losing to Kento, and then he's going to New Japan. But mm -hmm. I, I, I'm still like at least there's like a little bit of doubt in me now. Um, so after five shows, which is like half of the tournament, um, <laughs> we have Katsuhiko Nakajima and Hokuto Mori at eight points, Jun Seto and Rei Seto at eight points. Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi at seven points. Cyrus and Ryan Davidson at four. Hayato Tamar and Galeno Delmel at four. Suwama and Hideki Suzuki at four. Ryuki Honda and Yuma Anzai at three. And then all at two points, Suji Chikara and Renayabe, Yukio Sakaguchi and Hideki Okatani, which is somewhat surprising to me. Yeah. Because the outsiders, they give some points, especially early on. And, uh, and Tokyo, Japan, Kuroshio... And Sego Tajibana at two points, and I expect them to finish at the bottom. Yes, no, I think I am actually I actually would have expected them to potentially go winless, <laughs> but yeah, I don't feel like they're gonna get much more than these two points that they've gotten so far. And maybe they'll next, get to four. The next show on the twenty sixth is the Vexable Market Show, which is I think Suwama's hometown, which is why. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. definitely some. It's definitely someone's hometown. I do remember that. Remember well, the main event is Suwama and Hideki versus the Saitos. Oh yeah, no, then it is him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, I mean, that could be good, but like, I'm just don't know what how much like angle they they're gonna do. But I'm excited uh, to see the Saitos interact with Hideki. Yes, no, that especially in that venue, like it's it's definitely gonna be over as well. Uh, yeah. For the tournament itself, who do you who do you think is actually like winning? I think it new period. 
You still think they're winning? I mean, I think so too. It's just they, they're going to have, like, for example, like now that Omori and Nakajima have actually overcome the issues, they actually have to start losing now. Yes. Yes, they do. Uh, well, who are they facing on? Oh, they're facing um, Tachibana and Jiro. Oh. <laughs> I could see. But maybe them. they are actually getting to four points, yeah. Uh, I could see them lose to that or something, but we'll see. Um, so, Paul, your overall thoughts on the tournaments so far? I've, I've, we, I've, okay, the Junior Battle of Glory, I think we've covered extensively what our issues with them with that tournament are. I mean, it's not bad. It's just, you know, held back by the 10-minute time limit. Uh, but I, I really like what I've seen from the real-world tag league so far. Like, I haven't yeah. seen nothing, like, that will make my match of the year set, but, like, I don't think there's anyone that is really, like, no team that is dragging the tournament down. No, there's not. I mean, like we've... the comedy can be annoying, and... Yeah. That, um, yeah it. But, like, otherwise, like, we've definitely otherwise always had, like, a team that was, like, kind of a stinker, and we don't think we really have that this year. And, like, for me, like, they've always done well to, like, really like climax the tournament in a great way so like i think the fact that we're already off to like a really good start just makes me very positive of where we're going to end up as well because yeah they, they just really do a good job of actually peaking these tournaments at the right time as well now paul do you think that we're going to get towards the end of the tournament a bunch of double ring outs and stuff like that i mean maybe if i'm looking like if we want to get new period to win and uh uh, we, we have to get some creative math here <laughs> at some point. Um, yeah, just they've done that the last couple years in the real world tag league. I mean, right. maybe that's actually how like Jiro and Tachibana versus uh, Nakajima and Omori is going to end. I mean, that's that's very possible too. I mean, I don't think, yeah. But we'll see. I just, but I mean, if there's not any ring double ringouts, or maybe just one in this tournament, then it's well, definitely like a sort of philosophical booking thing from uh, a certain someone that's no longer in the company. <laughs> uh, that's also true. <laughs> you know, because I think Tajiri was definitely some guy that would be more apt to book that sort of thing to get around stuff but then again we've also just had three consecutive junior battle of glory time limit draws on one show yeah i don't i still don't even think that's as, as egregious as double ring ants but that's just me yeah but I, I definitely could see like there at least being like some do i think these also have time limits right but yeah oh no obviously we already had 30. a limit time limit draw 30, but yeah. maybe we'll see more of those as well to kind of even out the points because otherwise like i said we already have two teams at eight points one team at seven points mm -hmm. and i don't think any of these three teams are winning so there ha someone has to be able to catch up to them yeah well it's gonna be new period yeah and um the sidos will still be in play and then Omori and Nakajima face Kento and Yuma on the final night. Yeah. So that's got to be sort of also a thing. So I feel like I feel like also with the way the points have gone down so far, I feel like that's actually going to be Kento and Yuma eliminating Nakajima and Omori rather than the other way around. That's very possible. 
I think so too. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's still very open. I mean, I think it sounds, there's some, you know, likely scenarios, but I mean, I'm still confident in uh, new period winning it all. I think that's something you got to do. Yeah. No, it does feel like a very logical outcome. It's just a waste to have Kento and Yuma win again, especially when you're taking Kento right into a triple crown match a couple of weeks later. Yeah. 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 No, 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 no. Like, uh, yeah, that, that would just be very uncreative. Like, and again, Subama and Hideki not overcoming their issues as well. Like, if that wouldn't be like, because otherwise I would have said maybe they would make sense, but I don't think that makes sense right now. I'll, you know how I was saying they have that large arena uh, uh, that they're booking again in late January? Yeah. Is it Hideki's beating Suwama and then... He could challenge there? Yeah, in that arena. I mean, maybe. I mean, as he was saying, like, we need... Like, if Kento is winning the title, then he needs a bunch of new challengers, so... Yeah. So people like Tamara... Tam- like, how do Tamara is a Korokin? He's a Korokin. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. True. But that other arena is a little bigger. I think it's like over 2,000. And I mean, Noah did draw well when they had uh, Kaito versus uh, Hideki in the Dolphins yeah. arena. And I think that Hideki's pound of flesh is probably getting a big singles win before putting... he loses the... Yeah. yeah. I mean, fair enough. And I mean, that then you feed him Suwama, which... Which is cares. fine. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's safe to say that Suwama and Shuji are definitely... Yeah, I yeah, know. Like, it's very obvious now in this tournament that both of them are kind of downcycling now. I mean, Shuji has been for a while, but yeah. I think it's obvious that Suwama is as well. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, uh, very, I think, it, I mean, just from a bell to bell, top to bottom of the card, this is definitely a very good real-world tag league, the best in, in, um, in a few years, at least. Because, you know, there's been some pretty... Uh, interesting teams i shall say in some of the past couple of years during the pandemic and everything i mean remember uh tajiri and masato tanaka <laughs> remember tajiri and kai yes oh my goodness they did double ring outs the funniest still the funniest thing i mean if we're trying to talk about comedy nothing was all japan has never done anything funnier then Violent Giants versus Tajiri and Kai on the final night of the Real World Tag League, with Tajiri and Kai coming out in clown makeup. Yes. And Suwama just beating the shit out of Tajiri and pinning him in three minutes. This is what we've lost. Yeah. Bring him back. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, um... oh my God, is Jake going to go to Kyushu Pro? <laughs> oh, you know what we forgot to talk about? Jake and Anzai tease stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Paul, do you think it means anything? No, I think that was just Jake being like, yeah, you took my, you took over, like, you're going to take over my position and a promotion or some bullshit like that. As, so I think that's more Jake beginning to realize the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Yeah, I mean, obvious. I think that's probably obvious to him, but I don't think he's coming back because I don't think all Japan wants him back. Do you think all Japan would use him in a limited fashion? Oh, is he's not coming back as a regular? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. 
has like a one-off like guy that like comes in and he puts over Anzai and then he leaves again. Sure, I'm not against that. Mm-hmm. I just I'm very curious what's going to be happening to Jake Lee in 2023. Yeah, I I don't like I said I'm still not 100 that he's going to stay in Noah, but I'm like, well, where is he going to go though? That's the other thing. Yeah, because I don't think he's coming back to all Japan permanently and i mean again one of the reasons why you wanted to leave all japan like i don't know if anything ever happened with that but like right the reports were like one of the reasons why he was leaving was because all japan didn't have like the support systems he needed to get japanese citizenship because of while he is like i would i would say that he is japanese right like he's born and he grew up there and all of that but japanese like cover like treatment of like Zainichi Koreans is dog shit. Yeah. Quite frankly. So he doesn't actually have Japanese citizenship and all Japan didn't have like the means to kind of support him enough in the process. And that's one of the reasons why he wanted to go to a bigger promotion like Noah that has like the means to probably like easy have an easier time getting him getting citizenship. And I don't know if he's gotten it yet or not, but I feel like until he gets that, I think he's probably wants to if Noah allows him, then he wants to probably stick around there until he can get that citizenship. Yeah. So I don't know. I just don't know how they'll use him. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the thing where I'm like, like I said, to me, he was kind of the patsy that was brought in to like basically cover up some of the warts, basically. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're not against just using him as like an upper mid-card gatekeeper. Which is what he was trending towards in all Japan already, anyway. Yeah, definitely. All right, so I think at this point, um, should we come back before the real world tag league is over, or uh, when? What's well, the sixth? The sixth. Yeah, I think let's come back on the sixth because uh, kind of. Uh... Yeah, after that, it actually gets a little bit more complicated for me. So let's go on the six so we can. Oh, that's record. right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So just production meeting on air. And I'm not even sure Noah has anything of. When is that Yokohama Budokan show? Uh, I think that might be just after. I think that's on the 11th or 10th. I don't know. I don't remember. If the... Oh, I think December it might 2nd. be the weekend. After... Oh, December 2nd. Okay. Then it's definitely before then. So we can talk about it then as well. So oh, yeah, and six works perfectly. Yeah. 24th is uh, Daga or. November 24th is Daga versus Suji Kondo. Sure. So I'll watch that. <laughs> I'll watch that. I mean, so you mean tomorrow? Yeah. Spoiler when we're recording this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, we already said we watched today's show on the 23rd and we didn't talk about the Daga show. So yeah, <laughs> that already gave it away. <laughs> yeah, it's a Cork and Hall show. So yeah. Oh, oh I'm curious about that number. Oh yeah. Well, let's see what's, <laughs> what's on the card. Let's take a look. Um, not a lot. We've got Daga versus Shuji Kondo. Mm-hmm. Oh, the tag title match: Jack Morris and Anthony Green versus Masakidami and Deki Inaba. I forgot about it. this show. It just totally, you know. I actually did as well. I thought that was all on Budokan. <laughs> yeah, uh, Keno. Uh, here to Dr. Wagner Jr. and Stallion Rogers versus Manabu Soya, Kaido Kiyomiya, and Ryo Oiwa. So you could figure out who's taking the fall there. 
Patrick Hill Mia. They have updated Jake Lee's picture. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you know what it is? Uh is it him wearing the hat? Yes. <laughs> uh we got Jake Lee, LJ Cleary, Yohei and Tadasuke versus Naomichi Marafuji, Titus Alexander, and Sushi Kotoki and Hiroki. That could actually be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh Hayata and Eita uh versus Leona and Kai Fujimura. Uh sure. Takashi Sugera, Goshi Ozaki, and Kazuyuki Fujita uh, versus Saxon Huxley, Timothy Thatcher, and Shuhei Taniguchi. Didn't realize Thatcher was still around. Yeah, I thought he had gone back to the US. I mean, maybe he's back now. Go I mean, hey, Chris Hero's back. He can come back to Noah too. Ah, yes, that's right. Um, Goshi Ozaki, Go feels like an afterthought now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously, I Nakajima leaving kind of like derailed all of the plans they probably had for him. But that's yeah. true too. It just feels like they gave him the. I feels like they gave him the end one just because he deserved a tournament. Yeah, yeah, because he's never won it, and it, I think it also kind of was like him then losing to Jake. I think was kind but of. I, bet, I don't feel like I don't know. If they're concerned about investing anymore in him. Yes, I feel like they're, they're kind of like we're not gonna push you anymore because your body doesn't hold up or maybe he doesn't to. even want to be pushed yeah they might have to you never know yeah. uh dragon bane alpha wolf extreme tiger and super crazy versus ninja mac alejandro teriyaki and hajime ohara i see we're building up ohara for his title match not at all and junta miyawaki versus taishi ozawa paul did junta win that match uh, I mean, if he doesn't, then he's in really big trouble. <laughs> Noah is very, very slow on their yeah. of young guys. So no, Junta's winning that match. Yeah. Um. But okay, so I, does that mean the only thing we have for Budokan and are like this, like Soya and Keno teaming with the old guys against each other, and then. O'Hara versus Morris. Let me see here. Um, so we got Jack Morris, How O'Hara, Wagner, Kumia, Oiwa, Hax versus Huxley, Thatcher, and Taniguchi. That could be fun. Uh, Leon and Kai Fujimori versus Taishi Ozawa and Yuawada. Yeah, and Keno and Jin say Shinzaki versus Menibusoi and Tatsumi Fujinami. That's all so far. Um, I was going to say that, oh, because we were talking about Ozawa. There's a pretty good case to make that you should just push Ozawa hard now. Yeah. And have him skip his rookie thing. Yeah. I think the, I think Anzai has shown that that works. And Noah needs it. Needs well, it yeah, really it's more bad. like a question of necessity. I don't think yeah. he's as good as, um, Anzai, That's Anzai where no. Anzai was at that a few months in, but like you got to do it, you know. But yeah, I think his athleticism alone is like a thing where, like, no, you like just push this guy, like, it's times are bad, you need someone. <laughs> yeah, there's really no other choice. Maybe it doesn't, maybe it doesn't work, but you know what? Fuck it, just try it. Yeah, exactly. Just, it's not going to do any more damage. No, well, maybe to him, but not to the company. Maybe it was all long-term prospects, but not necessarily. Um... Yeah, like I'm really curious what that Kurrigan does tomorrow because uh, that could be a really rough number. Yeah. 
All right, so that's that. And uh, we will see you after the real world tag league is over to talk about that show. So for Paul, I'm Gerard, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Hello, Voices of Wrestling listener. Dave Ryan here. Have you ever wondered to yourself how many hidden gems are hidden away inside the last years of World Championship Wrestling? Have you ever asked yourself how many tenuous gags can be made about the name Mike Enos? And have you ever thought about what it sounds like for two Irishmen to interpret a very chaotic company through its B-show? The answers to all this and more are just a click away. Check out Days of Thunder every second Thursday on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.